Beathard sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. Ah, he got it! Smith! Touchdown! 85 yards! Iowa! 56-yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Don't miss a thing from the world of college football. Stay right here for College Gridiron on WFUV Sports. What's going on, guys? Tyler Who here, joined by Will Talent and Danny Scott. It's good to be back again with another week of College Gridiron. We got a quick little slate here. There's nothing crazy to talk about, but you know, it never gets old. Listen to that College Gridiron intro and getting ready to talk football with the boys. Will, how are you today? Tyler, I'm doing great, man. It's good to be back in the studio with both you and Danny. We last time we were on this show together, we did the draft. It was a combination of Ooh. Gridiron and NFL Friday. It was a, a little lot of crossover fun. episode. Yeah, now we're back. And we're ready to go. Like you said, the slate isn't, you know, the most popular, but there's still stuff to talk about and ready to get into it. Definitely. I mean, a couple of good games this weekend and a couple of good games that we're looking forward to this upcoming weekend. Danny, how are you? I know you're happy. Notre Dame finally won a game against I mean, Cal. We got the monkey off our back. Mm-hmm. Marcus Irish, Freeman finally won a game. Marcus Freeman finally won a football game, even though we were wearing the green jerseys, which mm. we haven't won since before and in those jerseys since before Brian Kelly was the head coach. Wow, really? Yes. Brian Kelly was Owen whatever wearing the green jerseys, uh, Maybe suspended a- wearing them after the 2016 Fiesta Bowl, a game that I was at. <laughs> and watch Zeke uh, Zeke run all over the Notre Dame defense. But, you know, we finally get that win, get the monkey off her back. Drew Pine played good, not great. Uh, Tommy Reese was absolutely hilarious, screaming at Pine <laughs> yeah, after that. If Tommy you... Reese might have just – he lost his mind on Drew Pine, just absolutely ripped him a new one. That was pretty funny. I was going to bring that up. It was it was great. I, I loved watching it, you know. It's tough um, when you're a Notre Dame fan to to already have no hope, um, especially, you know, this team w- came into the year with very, very high aspirations. Very. And even, a, a, like, this is considered probably a good Cal team, uh, a better Cal team in the Pac-12, um, and we barely beat them. It, it could have been more. Um, you know, we just got to figure it out. I mean, it was the good, the bad, and the ugly, but a win's a win. You got to put that on the scoreboard. You take those. When at college football, it's hard to win games. We all know this. I mean, look at Notre Dame. Look at teams like Michigan State, who we're going to start the show off with, actually. Washington defeated Michigan State, formerly 11th ranked, now unranked, 39-28. to And it's really surprising when you see a Pac-12 team that's unranked be favored over a Michigan State team that's a Big Ten team, like closing in on top 10 ranking, talented team. But it was the Michael Penix Jr. show. Michael Penix, in his return to the Big Ten pretty much since he transferred away from Indiana, went absolutely bonkers. He threw it for 397 yards and four touchdowns, looked extremely clinical all day. I mean, what's your takeaways with this? Washington was the three-and-a-half-point favorites, but Will, I'll start off with you. Uh, you know, it was it was surprising at first. I didn't really look at any of the, the spreads or the favorites or the odds. Uh, you just kind of look at that number before the teams. For me, that's how I look at college football. But then when I heard that Washington was favored, it, it was like, okay, then, you know, this isn't really that much. That It's really not that big of an upset that it looks right now. But uh, Jalen Polk, though, six receptions, 153 yards, three touchdowns. His longest reception was 53 yards. We talk about Penix. 
but Jalen Polk, he had himself a game and was probably the most explosive player on that offense. And I think a lot of a lot of their success has to go to Jalen Polk. Yeah, Polk had an amazing game, but like the story of this, I think the main story that I came up with was um, Jaden Reed being injured. He had a freak back injury. I don't think it's long term from what I've read, but Jaden Reed is him and Peyton Thorne are like white on rice. It's like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. It's like, you know, those dynamic quarterback receiver duos. They've been playing together since high school, since even middle school. To lose your wide receiver one before a game like this against a team that's Sure, Washington isn't super flashy, but they've been a very stable program, right, Danny? They've been a very stable yeah, program. Yeah, let's over let's the not years. forget that I it might be ten years ago this year that this was a playoff team. This mm-hmm. Washington team has been historically good at football, and even more recently, they made the playoff with Jake Browning, yes, Miles yes, Gaskin. Yes, so yes. they've been they've been very consistent over the years. Yes, this this is a this is a good football team, and you got to go into Washington and beat them. Mm-hmm. That's the toughest part. Like. If Notre Dame had to go play play at Cal, I don't think Notre Dame wins that football game. Ooh, really? Yes. I mean, you have to go to Washington and beat a good football team mm-hmm. when you're probably a little bit overrated of a football I was about team. To say. Uh, this this Michigan State team, you know, they lost some guys. Losing Kenneth Walker, who was arguably the most electric player in college football for the greater mm-hmm. majority of last season. You lose him, the run game just couldn't get going. They had a combined total of forty two rushing yards. Forty two. In a game that you know you're should be heavily favorited, uh, number eleven going against unranked, but yep. Washington takes care of business, um, wins a turnover battle. Um, Peyton Thorne throws a pick, and uh, Michael Penix just played out of his mind. Yeah, it's not even that Thorne really played badly. It's just that Michael Penix was unstoppable. You got it. You really got to go blow for blow there. And Peyton Thorne, that interception did cost him a little bit. Um, you did mention that Michigan State was a little overranked. I didn't even realize that they were up to eleven at this point because they seem like a quiet team. They just don't. Oh, really, they're they were a very quiet team, and the only I think the flashy. only reason they were ranked this high is because of their season last year, where mm-hmm. they're they yep. were a fringe playoff team. You know, if they beat Michigan in that uh, Michigan Michigan State game, you know, with this team could be. Didn't they play last they, year? They, they did. No, they won. Yeah, yeah. They won. They won thirty-seven, thirty-three. But they got killed by Ohio State. Oh, yes, 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 yeah, yes, that's yes, what yes, you're yes. Okay. Of. My bad. Because then Michigan went and killed Ohio State. Yeah. 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 So I'm, but they were a good they were an amazing team. They last were year. a very good team last year. And so you look at this team and I think that's why potentially Notre Dame started the year off as fifth this year because they were a very good team last year. Right. Um but this was a a good football team last mm-hmm. year. And then, you know, you lose some guys. Maybe Mel Tucker's not as good of a coach Ooh. as we thought. The, the the jury's out on him. They've, they started seeing film on Mel Tucker now. They've seen a year of him. You think that that's the case? Uh, potentially. You know, this he he has really gone after transfers, and mm, I don't know yeah. if that's necessarily the best course of action. I think he got really lucky last year that a lot of his transfer players have worked out. But, yeah. you know, he gets these guys in there for a year, maybe two years max. And you have to redo that every single year. I just don't think that's sustainable. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, they did maintain some of the core of their team. I mean, keeping Peyton Thorne was a good quarterback. Jaden Reed is massive, but they lost Reed this game. This defense looked terrible. They they made Washington look like last year's Ohio State team where they just got absolutely destroyed. And now the Spartans drop out of the top 25. I mean, we talked about them being overranked. Will, do you th- before we move on, do you think that they – Besides being overranked, do you think that they should have dropped out of the top twenty-five altogether? Uh, I don't think so, guys. I, I don't think they should have completely dropped Michigan State all the way out. However, 
you know, when you beat, when you lose to an unranked team, it's it's not going to help your case. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. drop them. You, they were going to be low. They were right. going to be. They were going to be flirting with twenty five. You know, yeah, twenty through twenty five. But now completely out of it. It may have been an overreaction, but at the same time, you know, when was the last time we've really seen Michigan State be like? you know top 10 top five like you know this is michigan state they're gonna win like no michigan state does this they they do this they lose games mm-hmm. like this so yeah, they it, lose games it's that kind of win. hard to say yeah you know we'll keep them in the top 25 but maybe i don't know maybe maybe the committee is just like no we're not gonna do that now because we know that they're not gonna be able to stay there the whole season I mean, the jury's still out on Michigan State. I still think that they're a really good team. But, yeah, falling out of the top 25 is pretty drastic. But a team that's rising back into the top 25, we're going to stay with the Pac-12 here. Oregon, 25th-ranked Oregon, just defeated the 12th-ranked BYU Cougars, 41-20. I mean, we talked about this on the show last week, Danny. I think you and I both picked Oregon. I, be- I believe so. Yeah, I mean, we saw this coming, but not by such a big margin. Three-touchdown margin is massive. Oregon's run game just wore down BYU. Bo Nix played his best game of the season by far. Uh, he actually looked like a good quarterback this year. After, you know, we saw what happened week one against Georgia. Threw for two touchdowns, ran for three. And this was kind of like a quiet league. Like, it was a quiet game. I expected much better from this game, but it ended up being 40, 41-20. And it's not like either quarterback played bad. Jaron Hall played pretty well. He threw 305 yards, two touchdowns. What's your takeaways from this game? I'm going to start with you, Danny. Yeah, I just think um, Oregon's a good football team. I think they really ran into the buzzsaw that was Georgia in week Mm -hmm. one. And, you know, they go and beat BYU. I forget who they beat last week. Um, Some random. random, Eastern Washington. Respect Cooper Cup. (laughs) Um, But this is a a good football team. And and Dan Lanning, we've talked about it. He's Mm -hmm. a great football coach. He knows defense. If you watch Georgia play last year, you know he knows defense. And this is going to be a team... You know, I don't think they're in that top 10 teams right now. Uh, maybe maybe top 10, not top 5. I think there's really the three Ooh, really? that we have talked yeah, about. the true three contenders. The, the true three contenders. And I'm even still fringe on Ohio State right now after watching the Notre Dame game against them. Uh, but I, it's really Georgia, it's Alabama, and it's kind of everybody else in college football in my opinion right mm-hmm. now. But going back to this Oregon-BYU game, I mean, Oregon just kind of dominated – uh, all facets of the game. They won total rushing yards. They won time of possession, which mm-hmm. you know is my favorite stat. Yeah, let's talk about it. Your stats. Yeah. Uh, they, they did not win the turnover battle. They did not battle. win the turnover battle, but I think the time of possession, especially when you're the home team, makes mm-hmm. a big difference. I think, yeah, time of possession matters more, especially when the turnover battle is like one to nothing. It's yeah. not really that big of a deal. It's a trick play. It happens. But, I mean, Oregon did look really good. But B- let's go to BYU real quick. Well, do you think BYU is overranked? Because 12 is a massive, I mean, that's a massive jump. For a program that you, they are a quote-unquote football program, but you don't expect that from BYU year in, year out. I'm just going to say it. They, they were boring. They, that was kind Very of, that boring. was boring. That was a boring game. You know, yeah. Jaron Hall, he he probably played the best out of anybody that was on, that's on that roster. Everyone else, you know, the highest number of receiving yards was 60. The highest rushing was 28. It was all coming from QB1. 29 mm-hmm. for 41. He threw for 305 yards. He had two touchdowns. It, he played the game by himself. Yeah. Nobody else stepped up to do anything. And I agree with you, Danny. I, th- I find Oregon to be a really good team. They were fun to watch. Bo Nix, you, you didn't throw the ball that much, but he had five total touchdowns. They they just walked right all over BYU, and it just shows that uh, Oregon Oregon's ready. They, they want to win. 
Yeah, I mean, those Mormons are pretty boring, I will say. <laughs> they don't do much for me. And Oregon I, has three winnable games coming they up, d- too. Do they? Wow. Yeah, no, they could really cement their ranking back up towards the top ten. They're going to fly up the rankings. I think they, they were the biggest riser this week. Uh, we'll talk about the rankings later up in the show. But Oregon, I mean, they're really rebuilding their stock after the Georgia game. Do we think they're back? I mean, I know how you feel uh, about it, Will. I, you know, it's tough. It's tough when you play the national champions in the first week of, yeah. of the season. That's such a so, massive test for a new head coach. Yeah, new, it, new everything. It's, pretty it's much. hard to say. It's hard to even say. Are they back? Or did they ever leave? Because you know, that's the <laughs> hardest team that you can face. Yes. In week one of college football. So, honestly, um, I I just think they're good. And just wait for the season to unfold, and they'll show you that they they are a legit football team this year. The the thing that I will say is. I have learned this through personal experience at the very least this year, and I've, I've seen it. I'm not going to take any stock in how good a team is in their first year with a head coach. Mm, I think you take. need to get their recruits yep. in, the guys that they are recruiting, if they are good. And, you know, I was like, oh, fire Marcus Freeman, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't actually believe <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I know I, you don't. It's for the content. Get get the guys that you want to be a part of your football team in. Because right now, Dan Lanning is, it's all Mario Cristobal's players. Yeah. Like, the greater majority of those guys. And, and you know, he gets Bo Nix, blah, blah, blah. But it, it, that's not his guy. He didn't recruit him out of high school. I mm-hmm. think you really got to wait probably two years before you can judge how good a football program is under their current head coach. Yes, definitely. I fully agree with you. But that is a very good win. That's a signature win. Oh, that's Dan a Landon good win. Belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that's sure. A good start. Especially yeah. a BYU team that last a week ago beat Baylor, who mm-hmm. yep. we are still both Tyler and I yeah, are we're very, both high, very on high on them. And exactly. I think it's it makes a big difference where you play. I think, you know, maybe if this game is at BYU, it's, it's a, little a little bit different. of a different story. Yeah. However, you have to go into Oregon, mm-hmm. which is a crazy atmosphere. Great atmosphere. Alton Stadium's always live. So live. And, and a program that has a, a little bit of, of history with them. They're, at least in the past probably 20 years, mm-hmm. uh, they've been a very, very good football program. Absolutely. I mean, that was a sleeper game, but let's go to another kind of sleeper game. Speaking of Mario Cristobal, you bought him up. His boys, the Miami Hurricanes, 13th ranked, did lose to the 24th ranked Texas A&M. I know our producer, Pat Amaturo, is back there repping the Miami Canes. He's throwing up the U for us. He's so excited just to talk about his team lose to the Texas A&M. Texas A&M program, I just completely butchered it. Uh, what do you call it? Um, the Aggies? The Aggies, yeah. I just completely <laughs> forgot about Gigum. I, I, I keep on... There, it was such a boring game that I completely forgot what the team's name no, was No, this called. was the best game of the week, yeah, Danny. No, this loves. was not... Tyler, this yeah, was the this best was game, game of the week. Yeah, let's talk about it. It was a low-scoring game. game. I'm going to start with you, Danny. I mean, you love defense. You yes. love low-scoring. I want to start with you, Mr. Iowa fan, quote-unquote. Um, what was your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I said before going into this game, I think my prediction was 21 to 7 and it was 17 to 9. <laughs> I love these defensive battles where you know no one can really move the ball uh under 400 yard total yards for Miami, under 300 for A&M. And you know, this this A&M team is still good in in my opinion. I think they were overhyped going mm-hmm. into this year. But I think uh, Miami was very overhyped, and it's another situation where, you know, it's a first-year head coach. His guys aren't there yet, blah, blah, blah. I will say I do think Miami is going to be very good within the next coming years because I think this entire city is going to rally around Cristobal. However, this A&M team, they're experienced with Jimbo Fisher. They kind of know the culture that's already there. And then on top of that, you have to go to Texas A&M. 
Absolutely. Kyle Field is not a good place to play. That's a hard place to play if there's anyone, ever one. The 12th man, they get very live out there. They get very very good fan base. But, I mean, Miami's offense just looked dead. Dead in the water. After we saw the first two weeks, they had like they averaged like, what, 50 or 60 points per game? Yeah, well, they played two, what, FCS or yeah. super low tier. Yeah, I don't even know how to pronounce that. Uh, Some Bethune and Cookman. Southern Miss. Yeah, you brought up that uh, last week. Bethune, Cookman, Southern Miss. Really tough competition there. That being said, Tyler Van Dyke did zero favors to his draft stock. He was projected, I think, like a first or second round pick uh, as their quarterback. And he looked like, how do you describe it? He looked like uh, Daniel Jones. <laughs> no, he looked bad. He did not look, he, did, he looked very average. He had like barely 50% completion percentage. Against the elite Texas A&M defense, but Will, what's your first like first reaction to this game? Do you think Texas A&M was underranked? Miami's overranked? What are you taking away from this? Um, do you know I I like what Danny said. I like the low scoring game. I think it's really cool. It really shows you how good defensively these teams can be. Uh Miami's rushing game wasn't wasn't that bad. They just couldn't yeah. figure it out in the air. Mm-hmm. And obviously Tyler Van Dyke didn't have that good of a game at all. 21 for 41 is not going to cut it. But um, maybe it could be that Miami is a little overhyped. Bring in, mm-hmm. bring in crystal ball like that. You know, yep. You're expecting big things. And, uh, yeah, the, there may be overhyped, but I do also agree with what Danny said earlier as well, that this team is going to be is going to be a good team in the coming years. Maybe not this year, but in the coming years for sure. Yeah, give it a few years. I do see a different a different energy. I feel like there's an energy shift in Miami. Uh, that program does feel like there's a little more excitement around them. Um, you need Miami to be good. Too. Yeah, we do. I, I want to see the U. No, 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 it, it, no, no, no. I do. It's fun. I, they're never like they're never in there. Pat, yeah. Pat throw up throw the U real up. quick. Throw it up for throw us up. real quick. Yes, sir. Patty boy. Oh, now Danny's throwing down the U down. He's throwing Whoa. down the, the reverse, the N. Um, N for Notre Dame. But that was, I mean, the week three slate was. We're now we're not gonna cut it. We're not gonna, you know, sugarcoat it. It was kind of a week slate. Just and, and, you know. I, I did say like. that last week, too. Yeah, you did say that was, last week. And, and I think we got another sem- – I mean, this one's better than last week. It picked week, up but a little bit. It's it's another week slate of college football. It's, it's a week slate, It's still yeah. early on in the year. Teams are still trying to figure out their identity. Um, but, you know, this was a fun game. I will say that. Yeah, you loved you loved that defensive battle. And we you know it. the saying, when life life is short, bet the over. No, Danny loves betting the under. He loves <laughs> he loves defense and he loves consistency. But you know what was really consistent this week? It was the top twenty five. The AP top twenty five felt very consistent. The top seven teams stayed put. Actually, eight of the top ten teams stayed put. The only switch was uh, Kentucky and Oklahoma State swapping spots from eight and nine. What a massive change. And there's really nothing like that nothing drastic that changed this week. Besides maybe Oregon jumping 15, uh, 10 spots from uh, 25 to 15. Uh, what else? Washington, Washington. Washington actually jumped into the power rankings from unranked to number 18. And um, BYU fell 7 spots to 19. And then Miami fell 12 spots to 25. Uh, Michigan State fell out. You know, very weird very weird week for uh, college football. But just like a lot of consistency, I will say. It was a weird week in terms of there's nothing going on, but it was consistency in terms of eight of the top ten teams staying the same, and there only being one change. There was not that many changes, but like I want to start with you. Will. Were there any massive qualms about the rankings? Honestly, not really. I'm looking at it right now. Penn State they went up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ole Miss too. Ole Miss went up four. Yep. One that's really sticking out to me only went up one. 
But just the fact that they're in this conversation, Kentucky is eighth. Kentucky football is school. eighth. They are wow. a football school. They are a football school, especially after they lost to St. Peter's. Um, they're a football school. <laughs> yeah, this is um, this is no longer a basketball school. Will Levis is the man on campus. Yeah, what do you what do you want to take away from Kentucky being eight? Uh, it's just something that you don't. We have. I definitely haven't seen. Yeah, that. we haven't seen this in our lifetime. It, it, the fact that you could put Kentucky in a conversation with Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, uh, Michigan, Clemson, uh, Oklahoma, all right. USC. All right, slow down those with are, that first those three. Those are the teams that are ahead of them. <laughs> and then you have Oklahoma State, Arkansas, Tennessee, uh-huh. Penn State, Oregon, Ole Miss, Utah, Baylor. All these teams that are beneath A and M. A and M too. Mm-hmm. It, that is just it. It's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. And they're going to play Northern Illinois this week. Yeah, that's could a cupcake win, that. win. Yeah, they should win that. Um, they probably won't move them at all. They won't. Honestly. They'll probably drop them if but they then, don't win by a lot. Then they have Ole Miss the week after. Ooh. That's the first real test. So it's conference plays back. I, I, I don't back. Think you can go 4-0 and then play Ole Miss and really see what's going on because I personally I, I just think it's a fluke. They're having a good start, but you never know. At Ole Miss too, you got to remember that. Uh, yeah, is, is, that, there SC, is there is there SEC debut easy. this year uh, at Ole Miss? Is always a tough place to play. Danny, what are your? Do you have any qualms about this week's rankings? Uh, the the only thing that I got is I don't think NC State should be twelfth. They moved up yeah. four yeah. spots. Yeah. After, they're they're after still fluky playing, to me. After playing a close game against Texas Tech, like, yeah. um, I I would have them. I, Honestly, you know what I would do is I would flip flop them in Oregon. I would have Oregon at twelve. I like that. NC State mm-hmm. at fifteen. I like that. I would actually flip flop them with Baylor and and Oregon. I move yeah. both of them up. I, and I I think uh, you know Baylor lost to BYU, but it was an overtime loss. And uh, it's not like they played a bad team. BYU's still yeah, ranked nineteen. They're still they're still ranked. They got Iowa State this week. Mm-hmm. I think if they beat them, be they'll, they'll move up a little bit. Um, other than that, really nothing. Uh, I'm surprised Texas won and still moved down a spot. That's a little surprising to me. Uh, other than that, Miami probably should have jumped up more. Uh, they or not Miami dropped out me. more. Texas A&M should have jumped up. That was more. about to say they only moved up one spot to 23 from 24 after beating a top 15 team in the nation. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, the, I I like the top 10. Uh, USC is going to be out of there fairly soon. Um, I'm gonna call my shot on yeah, that. Yeah, I like that. About uh, against I, I Notre like Dame. That. Oh, well, that's the last game of the year. That's gonna knock knock them out of the top twenty-five. That <laughs> what about Penn State? Or it's though? gonna vault them into the playoff, of course. Penn State's a good football team. Um, oh, Utah over Penn State right now, though. Um, I think Utah's a better team. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, I'm a Utah guy. I love I love what Utah's doing. I, I mean, know they lost to Florida, and that was on the road at the swamp. Ant Rich played out of his mind. Um, and even then, it was a goal line stand that literally lost them the game. They lost on a goal line pick. So, I still think Utah is a top fifteen team. Definitely, I think they're an amazing team. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I and Penn State doesn't move me at all. I Sean Clifford is not good. Like he is. My friend texted me. He's a big Penn State fan. He texted me. He is Tampa Jameis. <laughs> he is Tampa Bay Jameis Winston, Bay where James. he is. <laughs> he is as bipolar as it gets. He's the duality of man or the duality of quarterback, and he is like th- he's twenty seven years old or something like that. He's been there since we were in middle school, and he's not going to the league. So you know, I'm not moved by that. I really don't see anything. Sp- Penn State's future is bright. I will say their their bu- future is bright. Drew Aller, their backup quarterback, five star recruit. He's nice. That being said, they still got Sean Clifford playing. I don't really. They don't really move me. You know. 
But, I mean, one thing that, yeah, you brought up Texas A&M. I don't think they should be in the 20s. I think they should have flown into they the They definitely top should have went up a lot oh, higher. Oh, no, not flown up into the, to the teens. But they I, should, no, 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 not top should, 10. I, no, teens. They should, they should be, be like in the top 20 without a doubt. 16. They should be around where, yeah, Washington is or like Baylor. They should not be 23. They're, they played a really good – listen, as overranked as Miami was, they're a good team. And Texas A&M went there and controlled that game. You can't discount that. They do have a couple of very tough games coming up. Um, so we'll see where the, the jury's still out in Texas A&M, but we'll see how that goes. But let's let's end the show off with a little looking forward to this weekend, to the Saturday slate, week four games. We got four, I'd say, pretty good games. Um, we did talk about the slate being kind of quiet this week, but this is a better slate than last week for sure. Let's start off with a little conference play. Um out in the ACC, the strongest conference of them all. <laughs> um, Clemson, fifth-ranked Clemson, takes on 21st-ranked Wake Forest at Wake Forest. Um, that should be a really good game. Danny, I'm going to start off with you. What are you, what are you expecting for this game? Uh, this is a tough one. This feels like a trap game for Clemson. Trap game, uh, yeah. yeah. Clemson's like hev- heavily favorited. Uh, uh, on the seven, road, too. Minus seven-point spread. Uh, this just really feels like a trap game. What in, do you even call? What do you even call that a trap game? Because Wake Forest is good enough where I feel like you can't really even. Call uh, it a trap yes, game. yes, because it's a top five team in the nation. Fair like, enough. It doesn't. If if it was any anything probably higher than twenty, I would say you know maybe not. Um, but if you're if you're that heavily favorited going into someone's house, this feels like a trap to me. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's spot on, Dan. Uh, this is a hundred percent a trap game, even though Wake Forest is ranked. If Clemson drops this this game, it's going to be very interesting. It could be very telling. Yeah, it could kill um, their playoff chances it, altogether. Altogether, completely. Just wipe it out in the fourth week. Mm-hmm. Um, they're favored on the road. I, I'm going to take Clemson here regardless, but yeah. wow. I just, you know, it, it's going to be tough. It's a, it's a, it's going to be a fun game, though, for sure. Are you getting any score predictions, Will? Score predictions. Yeah, I want to hear oh, the score predictions. Goodness. All right, well... The over is fifty five and a half. Ew. That's uh That's a trap whew, in itself. That's man. a trap in itself. Score prediction. Uh let's go twenty seven twenty Clemson. I think it could end up being like Danny. that. I think I I think Sam Hartman's a really good quarterback, and I yeah. still I still don't think DJ's bad. I think he's just not. He lost his confidence. Yes, and, and he has a chance to gain that back if he if he beat beats Wake Forest, uh, but I could see this one being an absolute shootout. Uh, I could Ooh, see really uh, Wake Forest last year was awesome to watch. We so talked about fun. them because they would just they were one explode of my for points. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go 45-42 Wake Forest. Interesting. Um. I also, I'm in the same line as well. Literally same exact line, 27-20. Um, I think it's going to be a lower score game, but I will go with Wake Forest. I think that Sam Hartman's clearly it, the better it quarterback. It could go either way, it honestly. It could really go either way. It, I just, I'm going to take Clemson because yeah. it's it's just Clemson. And it's the safe pick. And if they blow it up, it's like, uh, it's just, oh well. You're going for the Clemson there, push with the seven-point win. There it is. Yeah, yep. you're going with the Clemson push. Um. I just think that it's a quarterback battle. I just think DJ. I really lost a lot of faith in the guy because DJ Young, like he's he was so talented coming out of um, what do you call it, St. John Bosco, was an, I think it was number one or number two quarterback like around with Bryce Young, and he was that guy. He was like the big, big guy, built like a tight end, built like a linebacker, and just run people over with third dimes. He lost that confidence, and I just don't know if I I've seen him gain it back yet over. 
Last year, he looked terrible. This year, he hasn't looked very spectacular. I got to roll with Wake Forest. I think Sam Hartman, with his experience, I think at home, familiar territory, I can't go against the home team. I know they're underdogs, but I'm a rock with Wake Forest. Demon Deacons get this one done. And uh, let's go down to the south, a little SEC talk, the real best team, the real best conference. Um, speaking of, they also have eight of the top 25 schools, which is absolutely insane, first of all. But second of all, we got a little SEC-ranked matchup. Um 20th-ranked Florida travels up to uh, Tennessee to take on the 11th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Um, I really, I'm very intrigued about this game. Um, tough um, tough environment to play, Nalen Stadium. Um, Danny, I'm going to start off with you. What do you think about this game? Are there any keys for any either team? Uh, I just see this as a Tennessee just wipe the floor. There it is. Yeah. I, I, yep. really, I really do. Uh, Anthony Richardson is... Super overrated at at this point in the year. I he feel played, like he's not even overrated. He's he just played badly now. He played great against Utah, but does he even have a, a passing touchdown yet? No. I don't think he does. Oh, uh, and Hendon Hooker is better. Honestly, like is a dark horse Heisman at this point. Yeah. Um, I I think Tennessee's just gonna wipe the floor with them. I'm gonna go 35 to seven Tennessee. Yeah, I back in row Florida. My prep changed it right away. Um, I yeah. I really don't see this one being close. Uh, and now Florida's going to win because we all went for there, Tennessee. There's just no way. Tennessee averages yeah. 52 points a game. Yeah, exactly. Tennessee's they, a They're wagon. fourth in total yards. It, it's mm-hmm. just And it's in Tennessee. In Tennessee. Well, do you have a score prediction Oh man. before I go? They're also 10.5-point favorites. Wow. I think Tennessee I think could they're going to cover that easy, oh, easy. easily. Honestly, I may go – this may be a stretch, yeah. but I'm going to go 52-23 Tennessee. Ooh. I think they're going to smoke Florida. Man, we're all in the blowout train right now, so that means Florida's going to win by two or three. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll have to talk about it next week and be like, gonna oh, be man. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> now I really want to pick Florida because I was on the Ant Rich train heavy. There's no way you pick Florida. I won't. <laughs> Spoiler, I won't. Um, they haven't shown me enough. I'm sure, sure they got their week one signature win against Utah. Anthony Richardson really like I really want to root for the kid so badly. He's so fun to watch, but he's, he's not so good. overrated. He's not good. He can't throw. Like and it's bad. Um, he is a running back playing quarterback. Yeah, unfortunately, I hate that statement, but it is true. Uh, you know what else is true? Tennessee's gonna win forty-five twenty-seven. It's gonna be a blowout. Uh, what's the over under in that game? Uh, Do you, did you see it? and a half. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we all know it's gonna hit. It's, it's gonna, gonna hit. No, nah, I'm on. I'm on the under right now. I should love 30, the under. Thirty-five to seven. You wow. love the under. You love the under. You are a life is long bet the under. I the think, reverse I of the, the <laughs> statement. Um, yeah, Tennessee's gonna kill them. Um, they're the clear better team. They're at home, and Anthony Richardson is not gonna. He's gonna have another disaster class on the road, and that sucks. But it's gonna happen. This next game, another. Um, Another SEC game. I'm glad conference play is coming around. I miss conference play. It's the best time of the year until the playoff. But 10th-ranked Arkansas travels out to Kyle Field to take on the 23rd-ranked Texas A&M Aggies. Now I remember their name. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a very good game, I feel like. But, Will, I'll start off with you. Um, first of all, what's the over-under? I really do want to know about that. The and then what's your prediction? 49. Ooh, I like that. Texas A&M, two-point favorites. Yeah. Um, they are a good team. Yeah, yeah, very I, good team. But, but what I'm saying though is yeah, let's, that let's talk I about think it. that Texas A&M wins more, wins by more than two. Oh, yeah. I think that yeah, definitely. I, I I genuinely do. I like this Texas A&M team, even though Arkansas is clearly much better right now. I wouldn't say much better. I'd say they're a really good team, but the gap isn't that as big as ten and twenty-three. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. 
I'm going to go with Texas A&M in this one. Yep. I'm going to say that they squeeze it out against Arkansas. They get another really big win under their belt. Mm-hmm. I know it's easier said than done in college football to do that, especially in back-to-back weeks. But um, I'm going to make this a – it's going to be a lower-scoring game. I think the under hits here for sure. Ooh. Give me uh, give me 20 – no, 22-14 Texas A&M. 22-14. We're tossing out the, what do you call it, the odd, the even numbers. Yeah. 22. Uh, safety, two-point conversion. What do you think they end up with 22? How, do you <laughs> how think are we that, getting to Yeah, 20? how are we we're getting just, to 22? We're, that's what we're feeling right now. Right. We're feeling, feeling 22. 22. What are you, Taylor Swift? Oh, uh, no. Danny, what do you think of this game? What's your prediction? Uh, I, I've been going back and forth on, on this one. It's a, it's a very even matchup. Um, we just talked about how I think Texas A&M should be ranked higher <laughs> and – to be honest with you, I haven't watched enough Arkansas this year. But they still they still have their squad. They, they got a couple great six transfers. Offense. KJ they, Jefferson's a stud. Great offense. Huge KJ Jefferson guy. They beat Cincinnati. They beat South Carolina and whoever the heck uh, this was last week. Mon- Missouri State. Yeah. Um. I think I got I I think Texas A and M has played better opponents, and so that's why I'm going to go with A and M. Um, I think having to go to A&M makes a big difference. And I'm going to go another low one. Uh, I'm going to say, and Texas A&M also has one of the best defenses in Amazing the country. Amazing defense. They're very, very We just good. saw it live and direct last week. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to go, let me think about this one for, I'm going to go 17 to 10 A&M wins. Wow. 17-10. Wow. I like that. Listen, first of all, I'm glad we all all of us are on the same train under. This week's going to be a low-scoring game. That A&M defense is no joke. Um, Arkansas is so good. Arkansas is really good, but I just can't bet against A&M at home. They're still trying to work their way back up the rankings. I just think that they're the better team, even though Arkansas it, – it's very even, but the home field advantage is so huge. I'm a rock with 24-17 Texas A&M. It's going to be a really good game. It's going to come down to the wire, but I'm a rock with the Aggies. And before we wrap up the show, we're going to talk about – we're going to go to the Midwest real quick. Uh, Wisconsin against third-ranked Ohio State. Um, only reason I included this game is because I feel like usually those games are really good, even though it's clear who's the better team. Will, I'm going to start off with you. What is your prediction? Well, 18.5-point favorites <laughs> is Ohio State. Yeah. That's That'll insane. I'll do, do it. 57 is the under-over. Over under, yeah. over under. Offense for Ohio State is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Their defense isn't as good, but their offense is that good that it, it really won't matter. Yep. It's going to be Ohio State without a doubt. I, They may put up 50 this game. Maybe not because Wisconsin's defense is slightly better than Ohio State. But yeah. I'm going to go 42-33. Ohio State. All right, Danny. Uh, yeah, Ohio State's just uh, how it's how many points can they score in this one? I I really I really think that is Ohio State's offense is is just disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm also gonna say Ohio State, but I do think Wisconsin covers. I'm gonna go forty-eight to thirty-five, Ohio State. Listen, the only key for Wisconsin is if they can – well, I don't expect them to play good defense against this Ohio State team, but if they can keep Braylon out, they can, you know, you know control time of possession, as you always say, but Braylon Allen has to get the ball. 
Braylon Allen is one of the best running backs in college football. He's a sophomore. He's like 18 or 19. He's young, very young, but he's so talented. He's their only hope. But this Ohio State team is just so much better. I mean, 40, I'm going to go 45-24 Ohio State. Um, it's going to be close in the first half, but then Ohio State's just going to pull away because they have the better passing attack. They just have the better offense. And Wisconsin just can't contain them. I mean, that game is going to be what I thought that Alabama-Texas game was going to be, where they keep it close at the half, and then they pull away. The better team pulls away. But I'm a rock with Ohio State, rock with the Buckeyes. But, you know, it's been a great episode. But that will do it for this week's episode of College Gridiron. Find us on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. For Will Talent and Danny Scott, I'm Tyler Who. College Gridiron is a production of WFUV Sports.